You're listening to Spray Makers, the podcast that dives deep into the world of water skiing with Rossi and Trent. The most important aspect of your skiing is back for a second week of discussion. This week, the boys are honing in on some very specific gate keys to incorporate into your skiing. Three things that you need to make sure happen in order of importance. One, tight rope in the glide so then you you can turn with speed. Two is the speed itself, right? Trying to make sure that you match the boat speed. You're not going incredibly slow. The boat isn't inching too far ahead of you before you turn in. And then icing on the cake is if you can take both of those things, tight line and good glide speed and turn in from the highest point possible where all three of those things are, are kind of, you know, intermingling. But again, enough with the broad strokes. Rossi, walk us, let's just start us off on this thing um, in terms of, because we've said, we've both said in the past where Gates is a never-ending project, not not meaning, you know, that it's, there's not a whole bunch of factors, but but every single pass for myself, and you've, you've, you've you know, said similar sentiment, it's, it's 75% of my focus. You know, if I get set on that good line, then I just have a few small keys I'm going to think about. So um, walk us through... Walk us through the start of your process. How, how does a how does a gate setup work for you? I just wanted to uh, yes, I just wanted to say one thing real fast. Like we're gonna talk through this, and I you know I think our listeners really feel as though we know everything and that we are the be all end all. And I just want to make sure that we're all really clear that Trent and I are still ironing out all of these processes on the fly at all moments. I mean that is that's that's the growth process. And that is something, you know, I was talking to one of my ski partners, Jay, the other day, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm working on something at, at 39 and 41, but it relates exactly back to what I was coaching him at, you know, at his passes at 15 and 22 off. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure that we just kind of put it out there that like, you know, we are not know-it-alls here. I'm going to walk you through kind of my process of what I'm mm-hmm. thinking and Trent, you can jump in or maybe, you know, jump in and ask questions as we go through that. But then also yeah. maybe we can walk through your process. And and so this is going to get a little bit really in the weeds. We've been trying to kind of stay out of that and stay more broad stroke, but just going to kind of walk through some stuff and then see see where it takes us. Uh, and then and we'll go from there. So that that resonate with you, Trent? Yep. Okay. Yep, for okay. sure. All right. Well. We've, we've hammered this out in the beginning and, uh, you know, as you, whether you live on a private lake or as you, you know, uh, come around an Island, you know, if you have that, or if you're just, you know, I also ski on lakes that are just straight in and they're big lakes and things like that. So as I come out of the water, first thing I do is just make sure I get myself situated. You know, I kind of shift around on my ski, kind of make sure my, my feet feel like they're set, right. It kind of tells me to uh, address my balance point over my ski. And then I take a, you know, I like to really have a vision of the entire lake, entire course, the boat. I mean, I can see, you know, I can see who's sitting in the boat. Are they paying attention? Are they talking to the driver? I see the, the free gates, <laughs> you know, I see the whole course. Oh, there's a duck over by buoy, you know, four and, and whatnot, you know, like I like to take that big, that big kind of approach where I see everything. I fix my boardies, you know, and I, you know, wipe my face off or whatever, whatever those things are, but that can all happen in, in a millisecond, basically. Right. It's not like I need, I need a huge long running, but you know, that's that time to kind of get yourself set ready. Now that's not your time. Like I want to be set and ready, you know, 
a, a decent amount of time before the pregates come, even on a tight lake, you know, I like our, our the lake, sure. the lake I ski on is one of the lakes I ski on is, is pretty darn tight. Like when you come around the turn, you better be getting ready. The boat's accelerating, you know, it, it's time to get game on, but I want to be at least two boat lengths before I want to pull out or start my edge out or however we want to talk about. I want to be in position in an athletic stance balanced over my ski. Okay. You know, that means athletic okay. stance means that, you know, I'm, I've got my knees bent. I'm addressing, you know, I'm not standing on one foot or the other, you know, I'm not all back foot. I'm not all front, foot. I'm just kind of over the middle of my feet and just kind of mm-hmm. standing there. Like I said, I shift around a little bit. Uh, you know, I make sure that everything's just ready to go. Um, and yeah. then as, as this moment approaches, I'm, I'm looking at, I use the boat in reference to the pregates. And whenever that point that, that I am, that that's approaching, that is my, this is my time to start probably three to five feet before that happens. I think about taking a deep breath and standing up as tall as I can. And, and Trent, you, yeah, you've talked about too. this big time in the fact that we're not actually, you know, because we're standing tall, we're actually lowering the handle in relation to our body, right? It's not a, yes. it's not a handle move. You know, if you stay squatted, your handle's always going to be high. If you stand up tall, your handle's going to be low. I think that's yep. a really good, really good way that you uh, have 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 told us that in the past, and it's it's a really nice way to to start it. So, okay. So I have yeah. I have I have uh, um, one question or two questions. One question for sure, and here's one I get asked a lot, and, I, and I'd like to hear your take on this. Um, <clears throat> So as you're coming up to the pre-gates and, and you've done all these things you've said, where are you positioning yourself? Are you positioning yourself like right tight to the, to the wake? Um, are you a couple feet out? Are you four feet out? Like where, where do you like to stand coming up? Like where do you want to start your swing out from or your pull out from and, and kind of why? What an awesome question. Uh, because I actually didn't have that written down in, in my, my little quick notes that I have here. So I really like to be the way I look at it is anything past center line is already losing its ability to give you swing yeah. and momentum. So, yeah. you know, if we could, I'd probably start right behind the boat, but then you have the second wake and then the, you know, the low spot after the wake and all of that. And I think there would be a lot to manage there of, of things. So I start as tight to the wake as I can. Cool. I'm actually probably on the very, on the two thirds downswing of the wake. I'm, okay. You yeah. Know. So you're, you're, yeah, you're, so you're into that, 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 um, just sort of that transition right up the wake. And, I'll, and I'll tell okay. you something that's really important on this one. If you're going to start in that zone, then it's really important mm-hmm. to do something I'm going to talk about later, but that is that we start with a body motion and not a put press of the ski, you know? So if you start yeah. with a body motion back, meaning you lean back on the rope and push on your ski and you now have to go through that little dip of the wake and the beginning of the whitewash and things like that, that could, that's going to be disruptive. But if you start with a body motion where your body falls into your lean or your pullout, then your feet are light mm-hmm. and your ski can just, your ski just goes through those little undulations like, like butter. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so anyway, I start tight. Um, do you have anything to, to add into that or no, that, I'm, I'm similar. I, I know just, yeah. Well, it's just a question I get asked all the time and I'm similar to you. I'm, I, I'm probably, you know, if we're going to be you know specific about this, I'm probably in my mind about a foot to the left of what you're talking about. Um, but again, like very, very close to that bottom of the wake, I want to be just wide enough. So my visuals, I can, I'm not having to peek around the boat to see the greens. 
I want to be, you know, I'm tucked out just a tiny little bit, but, but again, um, the further, like you, like you had mentioned, the further out I start, all I'm doing is eating up my potential drive zone, if you will, or, or, or eating up, you know, the space that I could be using to accelerate. I see some people start way too wide out where, you know, they're, they're already halfway to the point where they should be coming up before they even get started. So question I get a lot, but yes, as, as close, as, as close to the wakes as you can comfortably be and still have a, you know, a good visual of the course. Yes. Yes. So, so regardless of where you choose to start, I think that's a personal preference thing, but you know, from a potential standpoint to me, Mm -hmm. tighter to the wakes gives you more ability to build speed and swing up on the boat so that we can have a larger window for error of that you and you and the boat matching speeds. A lot of the stuff that you started, you talked about in the intro here and we talked about last episode, right? So that we can be, find that exact moment that we need to be turning in, all right? Or or committing or however you want, you know, starting our gate, gate, gate cut. So, so I alluded to it a a minute ago, but the the most, so I'm gonna stand really tall. I'm gonna be tight to the wake. I've got my spot, you've got your spot. We're gonna go then let's say three to five feet before it's time for us to actually want the ski to start cutting or however we want to think about that starting our edge or any of that we're going to stand all the way tall i take a deep breath my chest is proud i'm over my feet and i stand as i go tall it's almost like i'm going to my tippy toes I'm that that tall and i'm over my ski so i'm not leaning against the rope i'm just kind of doing this stand up motion and what i believe one of the things that that stand-up motion does is give you the ability to then start with a movement instead of a a forward movement instead of a a something that's based upon leaning back and using the rope to force things to happen this is a way to naturally accelerate and to naturally attack this uh this zone okay so very very important that our first official move is a move body is a body movement forward not a body movement back very the to me that's the most important thing about what i'm doing in this whole beginning zone i'm getting set i'm standing up and then i want my motion we talked about a clock right we talked about a clock in the last episode for those you know for those that maybe didn't catch that one and are just listening to this one you know think about the you know the center of the the center of the course being 12 o'clock high noon whatever um to give you orientation so for for my move out for the gates i want to stand tall and then i want my body to fall in the direction of 10 30 11 o'clock right so somewhere in there maybe yeah 10 30 11 o'clock i think that's about about the the general idea of where we're going okay and so in order to do that are we going to be leaning on our back foot are we going to be leaning on our front foot are we going to be doing anything and and my answer to this is when i stand tall that moment i get to the tallest moment and i'm about to start to fall towards that 10 30 11 o'clock i think about leaving my feet where they are leaving my ski where it is and i would tell people i want i want to i don't like to use the word not do things but to not push on my ski to not tell my Mm -hmm. ski to do anything what we're doing and this is what we're talking about when we talk about leading the ski or dropping in the skateboard on the top of the ramp the skateboard stays where it is and the body falls until the body's going you know it has basically made the skateboard in the right place it's leading the board 
we need to do the yep. same thing here. We need to lead the ski. And so that's kind of um, a, a really big thing for me. And, and in a, a few keys or a key um, that for me really helps this process is to think about leaving my shoulders facing the pylon, facing yes, the boat. Me too. Okay. So if you're going to, I'm going to stand tall. I'm going to leave my shoulders facing the boat. I am at, what am I at? I'm at 630 in relation to the, in relation to the clock and where I'm standing when I'm, when I'm standing there getting ready to pull out or edge out, I'm, I'm at maybe 630 or so, maybe seven o'clock, somewhere in that range. Right. Then I'm going to stand up tall and I want to go towards 11. Right. So it's really important that we, that we, and so my shoulders, because I'm not right behind the boat, my shoulders aren't square to the course. They're going to be square to the pylon. That's kind of where I was going with that, all that clock stuff there. So you have to recognize that we don't want to turn our shoulders to the outside. We want to leave our shoulders facing the, facing our handle, which faces the pylon, right? So pylon there, that helps me to do it. If I rotate my left shoulder, my outside shoulder in a, um, let's say counterclockwise direction in a backwards direction, then I'm going to, then I'm going to create load and I'm going to be falling to the, to the back. And so that, that's kind of the thing. Like it's, it is a natural body motion. These things and everything I'm talking about here are things that if you go to, uh, the water ski broadcasting company and you pull up any of the recent, uh, pro tour that they are covering and they're doing a fantastic job of covering them. If you go and watch any of this, you're going to, you're going to see this in the majority of skiers. Now there are a few that will do things slightly differently and get away with them. And that's totally okay too. That's their style and that's their choice. But ultimately you will see what Trent and I are talking about in the majority of the skiers out there. And, and, uh, especially ones that are, that are, I don't know, in my mind, making it look easy and very rhythmic. Um, do you have any questions so far on that one there, Trent? No. I, and, and I think the thing to keep in mind is that I'm a, I'm a left foot forward skier. Rossi is a right foot forward, forward skier. And, and, and so you can see how, you know, we're, and we're still aligning in our approach. So, so again, if you just think of it in the simplest sense, if you, if your weight shifts into your heels on the pullout, that's telling you, that's telling you that your, that your, that your center mass is moving back and you're going to be able to track to a wide point, but you're not going to accelerate to a wide point. Again, the only way to get your ski to accelerate, <clears throat> excuse me, in relation to your body is your, your weight has to lead it. So I'm going to do the exact same thing, Rossi. I'm going to move, you know, that three, four feet before it's time to pull out. I'm going to ro- ro- rock up onto my toes. Um, so, cause what I'm doing is, is I'm approaching the tipping point where, where I am going to fall. And, and that's how I get my timing quite consistent is that I rise up to the tipping point and then I just let myself fall past the tipping point. And again, I'm going to do the same thing as a lefty. As I fall into that lean, I'm going to be opening, you know, actively opening, you know, my chest to the pylon. Cause that's really going to let my left hip get ahead of my front foot. And, and, and I'm going to feel that, that drive out into the swing. Same as a lefty, uh, excuse me, same for a lefty or a righty. That's a really good way to say it, Trent, with the thinking of your hip orientation is that we want to, we, we are hoping to have that left hip leading us because if the left hip drops back, 
then our weight is falling to the back. So just yep. whether you're a lefty or righty, lefty is going to have an easier time in that motion of really highlighting that mm -hmm. that left hip forward. But as a righty, sure. as a righty, I don't necessarily always focus on my hip. For me, I know that because I'm a field skier, I know that when I feel my like that pad underneath my big toe and my front foot, so my right big right underneath the, the big joint of my, my big toe all the way out to the end of my big toe. When I'm falling, I'm feeling that pressure there, like ball of my big toe rolling on to my, the front of my big toe. Like that's what I want to yeah. feel. And it, the only way for me to feel that would be translated would be that my left hip is, is leading more so than falling. We don't ever want to have yeah. that thing falling. So, yeah. um, so, and then moving from there, I think, Ideally, we were, were as tall as we could be, right? And and now you use such such a beautiful way of saying it, the tipping point. All right, so we're going to tip over. We're going to tip over. Yeah. I think the thing to think about in order to keep your hip moving the right way, when we tip over, we want to tip over in a balanced way, which to me just means as you tip over, we want to keep our shoulders level. You know, I mean, I don't always think like, and it doesn't have to be perfectly level, right? But like, Mm -hmm. If you were to get up there and just let your shoulder, your left shoulder yes. fall over, your yep. lower body will always have to compensate for your upper body, right? So I think what Trent's thinking of is more timber, right? 100%. Like, yes. Right. Yeah, 100%. And that's that's the risk you run when you when you first start thinking about this. Okay, I'm, I, you know, I want to go to that, that forward and to the left. So you're going to just drop your left shoulder and, and do that. And you're exactly right, Rossi, when you, when your upper body tips, your lower body is actually going to move in the opposite direction to find that counterbalance. So like how you said, you want to be balanced as you tip over. I'm, I'm the, I'm with you hundred percent. The way I think about it is I just want to make sure that I tip over without my structural alignment, without my, my skeletal stack. I don't want that to budge at all. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so you'll see, you'll see, people with their shoulders tilted with their outside shoulder tilted down a little bit. I mean, we are timbering to yeah. a, to a point it's, I don't think that it's detrimental. I mean, you could say that ideally we want to fall and keep our shoulders perfectly level, but I mean, in reality, I don't know that that is really what needs to happen. So I don't get too caught up in that, but I don't want one shoulder to, to, to fall so much that it kinks my body. Right. So, yeah. and then, you know, basically you're standing up tall, your timber, and as you timber, you want to timber to the maximum timber that you're going to go. And, and to me, as you, and that's a, that's a timed thing, but when we get to the bottom of that timber, the furthest we want to be, that, that going from tall to timber to low, that's creation of energy for me. That's moving your center of mass. Mm -hmm. That's going to, you know, if you think about what that really is doing, if you're timbering in the 1030 to 11 o'clock range into that direction, your center of mass is moving forward into the inside. What that's going to do is shift the water break up and forward on your ski. That's going to then allow the ski, that's going to put more pressure on the tip of the ski than the tail. What that does is then 
you know, makes the front of the ski start to, to have pressure and grab, but you're not having to push on it. You're letting your, you're just letting your movement dictate this, this happening. And then as you do, as you put that pressure on the front of the ski, that releases some pressure on the tail of the ski, which allows the tip to pull and the tail to slide through, which is then giving you that angle of attack that we're looking for. We're not, we're not having to tell, we're not having to force the ski to that place. We're, you know, quote unquote, leading that ski to its place. And that goes back to the conversation we've had. That is, you know, your ski is not smart and it will always want to go straight down the lake until you apply some <laughs> sort of force to it. Right. Yes. You know, and, yep. and, uh, so, so I think that's a really big thing. So, um, so I'm doing the timber from tall to timber all the way to low. And the moment that I, or just technically the moment right before I hit my lowest timber spot, I'm still relatively, I'm just falling and I'm not pressuring and I feel very athletic into this motion. This motion to me is kind of on a rope swing is the bottom of a rope swing where all of that force you're going to start to feel like if you want to swing upwards on the second half of a rope swing, you're going to have to really hold on to that to, to, or you're going to go splat into the water. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so falling down isn't so hard until you get to the very bottom of it and need to come back and swing up on the other side. That's what I'm kind of getting at with my, with this timber and falling in the direction of travel. If you're doing that, the falling part is really 90% falling and falling in an athletic place. Now, the moment my timber gets to wherever it is that it's going to be maximum, I want it to start to untimber and come back up. That's kind of the, because that, if, if you don't, then you get stuck and then you're going to have to, you're basically going to have to do manual forced moves to get yourself out of that position. And then when we do that, we only take away from potential swing. So yep. the moment my timber is getting to the lowest point that it's going to be, and I would say just before you're thinking of that, then what I'm, what I'm thinking about is now I'm going to, I'm going to want to hold on to that energy I just created and allow that energy to, I want, I don't want to give any of that energy I just worked for back to the boat. And I just want to hold on to that energy while the boat pulls me up out of this timber and back over to, to 12 o'clock or to standing up over my ski and do not give any of that energy back. And so that's kind of the general concept of what's going on there. So what actually happens when I get to the bottom, my shoulders are more open. My body is a little bit more open to the boat than it was when I started because I have now, I'm now at uh, nine o'clock or 10 o'clock. I don't know where I am. Nine o'clock, maybe eight 30. I, I mean, it's hard to know exactly on the, on the, on the clock where I am, but I, when I get to this bottom, so probably Chang, where would you say that your bottom of your timber is? Is it five feet past the whitewash? Is it 10 feet past the whitewash? Oh yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, so yeah, probably I'm, I'm in my max lean probably as I'm at just like, couple feet as i'm exiting the whitewash okay so for 98 you know? of our listeners i will almost guarantee that your max lean comes much later than that yeah i'm just gonna put it out there so so take a look at it i would say mine right now trent is a little bit long and i'm working on it but it's uh it's somewhere about five to ten feet now remember when trent says that his max lean is just as he exits the exits the whitewash you are 
traveling at a rate of speed. So it, he may feel that it is two feet at the end of the whitewash where maybe it's five feet after the whitewash, you know, but it's somewhere yes. in that zone, right? Like, I mean, this, we've got, yeah. we've got to talk about realities here and how it's going, but anyway, so we, yeah. we timber to that place. Now we have to, now we've, the, the creation of that energy was not that difficult if we did it in the natural athletic way as, as we've described leading up to this. But as soon as we get to that low point, we're going to need to then get ourselves back up and out of that position. And that's what's going to take the energy and power. And we don't want to give that back because that's the ability that's that's, you know, on the bottom of the rope swing, that's holding on to that rope and getting yourself to go all the way up to the highest potential part we can get. That's what we're basically talking about in the previous episode. So for me, I mean, I'm thinking about my, as I'm going to come up out of that, my my left arm is going to stay straight. My shoulders are going to stay facing the pylon. My right hand will be slightly bent. I'm going to feel my right lat. And uh, what else am I feeling? I'm feeling right lat. I'm feeling my core being very tight. And my right lat and my hand really, my right hand really feeling that. And my left hand is holding on to some of this, but my left arm is very straight. So I know this is, I mean, obviously don't do, don't, if you're, if you're driving, don't do this. But if you're, if you're anywhere where you can sit there, <laughs> try to close your eyes and visualize where the boat is, where you would be in relation to the boat, uh, you know, your orientation in relation to the boat when this is happening. And you're going to see in order for my left arm to be straight there, my right arm is going to need to be slightly bent. And basically what I'm saying is, is that I don't want to let my arms go away from my body. My arms, okay. my, my upper body is rotating in the, in the angle that keeps it so that my outside arm is still straight and has pressure. And so does my right arm. Right. So that's correct. So, so during this, during this transition phase, what is it that you're trying to take care of for me? You know, so you've, you've, you've gone into the lean and then you've started to rise up out of, out of your lean into your glide. What, like, so there's the, there was the, the feels because if you don't take care of that, what's the potential negative? I mean, if I, well, a lot of things happen if I don't take, so, yeah. so if I fall, where, where are you heading with this? What give me the, punch well, I, I just meant like, well, I, no, I just mean like, <laughs> like, so you've, you've, you know, you've moved up into the transition, like at, at that point, you know, like you've, you've said, like you've, you're really making sure you've harnessed the energy. You've said you're making sure that your arms are coming away from your body. Um, cause again, like what, what is it? That, Outward direction. What is it that, yeah, that like we're trying to we're trying to create this. ultimately what needs to happen, right? right? You know, I mean, if you if you're to think about a, a perf let's say a, a high level skier going through the wakes, edge changing, yeah. and heading out to a buoy, okay, they look like they keep everything together and they're connected, and they people are like, how do you get that early in the course or or that wide or however yeah. people are gonna gonna relate to it, right? Um, and then you look at a 15 off skier who, as they go through the wakes, their arms go away from their body, their hips drop back and they come up and go straight at the buoy. And they're wondering, how am I ever going to run a faster, a faster speed or a shorter line length when I'm going straight at this buoy already, yeah. I'm not creating enough space. So what we're really doing is just connecting to the handle right at the beginning. We're falling into the handles path the way it needs to go. And now as we're, mm -hmm. as we're 
pulling ourselves up out of that or holding on to that and coming up out of that, what we're ultimately trying to do is continue to travel with the handle and it's only one path that it can can run on a tight arc. And the closer that yes. we can always run to that handle path, handle being tight and us being balanced over our ski at every single moment connected to that handle, the the closer to that potential we are, the closer to our ideal line that we're skiing on for for set yeah. for set line length and speed. Right? And yeah, because that that losing direction into your gate glide like if, 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 and again, like you had said, if you, if you come, if you come across the wakes from one to two, and as you make your head change, the handle comes away from your body, you get tipped to the inside, you're going to be flying at ball two with a loose line and you're, you're, you're going to be deer in headlights, but because the gate is, uh, uh, um, excuse me, there's less speed involved and there's no turn buoy yelling at you. So many people, oh, you know, gladly just give up their outward direction into that glide by, by, you know, by not taking care of those factors that, that you pointed out, Rossi, like for me, it's a, it, as I come up into that glide, I'm going to do, I'm going to have the exact same thought pattern. Like I'm going to stay super activated through my core. Uh, I'm going to keep my chest up strong between my arms because again, just, just like you're saying, I, what the thing that is going to kill me is if, is if I come up, the handle comes away, away even slightly from my body and I start arcing down the lake like if you and i have this picture that i show to every single person i ski with and i wish i could text it to everybody who's listening it's an overhead view of of a, of a gate shot and you can see the the path of the boat going straight down the lake and then you can see the skier's path on this ever arcing line and 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 the photo is taken the moment before the skier is about to rip the turn back in and the last 10 feet of that path is still divergent. It's still going away from the boat. So that goes back to that, you know, checking box number one, the most important one is making sure that that line is tight. You know, most skiers just because of, you know, a bit of a black hole in their, in their thought process or, um, you know, or just a simple misunderstanding. Most skiers pull out wide and then run parallel with the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred percent. So yeah, so like parallel, and if you again, if you think about, you know, if you were just going to draw what that arcing path would look like, you know, in terms of where that handle is capable of going, it it, it would not run parallel until you were perfectly perpendicular to the pylon. That's a lot of peas, but um, so again, outward direction. Yes, outward direction. So uh, you know, one of the things I just made you know, came into my mind. That's super important for me. I don't know about you, but right when you get to the bottom of that timber that I, my Mm -hmm. main number one focus for my habits is that I, I tell myself, leave the ski where it is. Do not manipulate this ski. Great. My, everything in my core at that moment wants me to take my left shoulder, rotate it counterclockwise and drive that ski out super wide. And that right there pulls me up into the inside of the optimal handle path. And then what happens? Oh, I'm gliding on a loose rope, Trent. And oh, I'm gliding straight in the, straight down the lake, just as you described. So even, you know, and and I can, you know, at, at doing that, I have videos online that I was also able to run 41 doing that. But that doesn't mean that it was 
correct. And then you had to see me doing all these unbalanced moves as well to compensate for them. And then at that moment in my life, I was really dialed in to be able to make that all work. But does that mean that it was correct? I will admit no. But my general body motions, when you go back to those, you know, videos of me, maybe in 2009, 2010, 11, 12, mm -hmm. like if you go and look at those videos, there's some things I'm doing wrong there. But, but my, my, the thing that's so right is that my initial drop-ins are always in the correct way yeah. of travel. And so it makes all the other things less important. But we're, we're trying to fill in everything for you. So anyway, leaving my ski where it is, and then I'm coming, uh, I'm tightening, I'm holding on to that, and, the, and I'm coming up with the boat at a nice slow rate. There's no reason to go jerk right up and go into flat. Just let yourself come up. So if you can imagine, uh, when I was at the lowest point of my timber, my edge had the most amount of pressure, and I was on the left edge of my ski hard. And then as I timber up and I timber up, I'm coming closer and closer and closer to being centered over my ski. But if I were doing a rotational thing, I've got a pencil right now that I'm coming up to, to straight up and down. I would say that in my glide, I want to be ever so slightly towards 11 o'clock in my meaning, meaning, meaning a little bit of meaning a little bit of outward lean. Just still? a tiniest, tiniest bit got of it. outward lean um, so that I'm because if I don't have that outward lean, then I'm, I will have 0% chance to have a tight rope. If I have inward lean, yep. the rope will have to be tight, uh, loose at that point. So, you know, if, if you can, you can see an extreme version of this with, uh, Andy Mapple would ride kind of a flatter line coming in and then he would go more like dip to 10 o'clock, make it tight and then, and then slay it in. What we're doing is getting rid of all these inefficiencies is what we're talking about. So I'm just ever so slightly standing over my flat ski with just a, just a tiniest bit of left edge pressure and i'm just Got rotating it. around and i'm rotating up to that to that maximum width spot you know we could and when you say you say rotating you're talking about following like the, the handle path yeah okay yeah. you're talking about the handle rotating around the pylon yes, right yes thank yep, you yep, thank yep. you i'm not yep. rotating i mean if if the handle is rotating around the pylon my body is also rotating around the pylon mm -hmm. as i'm coming up to this to this uh sent this uh, highest point i am not i do not want my shoulders facing the course i do i want my shoulders to be an extension of the handle my left arm is still dead straight and so my shoulders are still, if you take a picture from the boat, my shoulders are looking right at the boat. My lower body is probably more square to the course, but as I'm rotating up and I'm standing there and I'm tall over my feet and I'm, you know, as I'm coming up higher and higher on that swing and I'm, I'm, I'm less accelerating faster than the boat all, all these moments, but I'm still going faster than the boat. My shoulders are facing the boat and my lower body is relatively square to the, to the course. That's the picture I'm trying to do. Yeah. Right. And I'm, yeah. no, and, and that I'm is, that, that, and, 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 yeah. And I can see that picture of you, especially as a righty, you know, I mean, your hips are going to be facing, they're going to be facing towards the tip of the ski because if they start to, to, to rotate back inside while well, your ski is going to follow, you know, um, where it's it as a right foot forward skier, it's definitely more evident that your upper body is, is open while your lower body is, is, is just remaining closed or, or again, remaining with, with the tip of your ski. Um, okay. So now you're, you, you're, you're, you've 
on this tight line, again, with that little bit of, you know, left orientation or, or outward orientation. Um, now how, okay. So obviously one is from experience, you know, what that picture looks like when you need to turn in to, to, to hit the, you know, the entrance gates or to go through the entrance gates. But what's the, what's the other thing you're trying to calculate? Like, like how, what's that turn in point look like for you? And, 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 or what's the ideal turn in point look like for you? I mean, Trent, you're, you've got a T-ball stand with the ball sitting right there. And now all I have to do is whack it. You're setting me up so perfect, right? <laughs> beautiful way with words, beautiful way with listen. Because this is important though, right? Because we, we were just taught right from the, from the onset that, that perfect gates means you go through the gates. And, 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 and yes, that's true. But, but, but next level understanding as to maximize, you know, or, or how to maximize your, your potential to build angle and speed before the first wake, it, it calls on something different. The, the most important thing, the most important thing is as I'm swinging up and I'm, and I'm, and I'm rotating around the pylon, I'm swinging higher and higher and higher ever so slightly. It isn't like, you know, but I'm ever so slightly. I'm just on that left edge a little bit, just edging up, 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 up. The moment that the boat and I match, that's my moment that I should be committing to the, to the, to, to dropping into the next turn. So yes. that's the yes. key. I, I, the, I watch that 90 people ask me, when do I turn in? When do I turn in? I said, you know what? I don't actually have this, this thing like that. I'm, I, what I do is I wrap up, 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 and then I drop in and I cut for the gates without even worrying about where they are. And then if I miss my gates by a foot early, then all, I, but everything else felt great. Then all I'm going to do is on my next gate, this is obviously in practice on my next gate, I'm going to start my pull out or edge out or whatever you want. This whole sequence, this whole sequence of events, I'm just going to start one foot later. And then I'm going to go up there. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to rotate up. I'm going to check where the boat and I are, are about to match. I'm going to drop in. So I'm dropping in right at that moment that we match. And mm -hmm. I'm going to go, oh, I missed my gates by a foot. Okay. Or uh, by six inch, whatever that is. I, I missed them closer, but, but I still missed them. Okay. I need to shift another foot later you know, or two feet yeah. later, right? That, so all yeah. I'm doing, all I'm ever doing is working the entire sequence. And then all I do and make sure that that sequence is as good as I can make it. And then the only thing that I have to, to address while I'm, while I'm on the fly or at a tournament or whatever is just the starting point. Right? For sure. That's for it. sure. And, and like, and this is like the, you know, this is the work that you put in, you know, a month before a tournament, you know, three weeks before a tournament. And, and again, because because you're going through the gates is easy, but but finding so and and I think the perfect example is you know and I'm I'm guessing you miss your gates in a tournament. I know it wouldn't be very often, maybe a time, maybe two, but every you know every once in a while you'll you'll see this happen to a to one of the greatest skiers in the world at a high pressure pro event, and and I think the misconception is it's it's not like they haven't seen the picture, you know, a hundred thousand times. And it's not that they're trying to get an early jump on the right-hand gate ball, because really that's that's a very little value. It, it's it's they're 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 um, processing both things. They're processing where are the gates, where am I, what is my speed, how fast is my speed diminishing, and and you have that moment where you're like, I know this is going to be closer than I'm comfortable with, but I have to go now, or 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 my line through the whole pass is, is, is going to suffer to the point where it, the pass might not happen. You know, again, 
the best skiers in the world don't miss their gates because they're trying to get early. They, they miss their gates. Kind of, it's the opposite. It's because they're running at a speed in the glide. That's unbelievable. I mean, this, this, what you just described happened at the masters and, um, you know, to a, to a skier and, and people go, I just can't believe what a mental error that is. And, you know, ultimately exactly what you described is what is, what is the case. And that is the fact that like, if I don't go now, the boat's going to have so much authority over me. I'm not going to be able to drop in. I'm going to have a really hard time. I'm not going to be able to run the pass. So I have to commit now and just hope that I didn't, I didn't hope that I didn't cut it too early. Right. So, yeah. So, and again, it's not, not advocating, you know, don't miss your gates the week before a tournament, not, not advocating that at all, but during the, you know, during the, the start of the season or, or when you have a break between tournaments, like make sure you're addressing both gate timing and I call it like timing the boat, you know, making sure that you're, you're, that you're moving in as close to that momentary stall or that, that moment where you've slowed down to match the boat speed, the closer you turn to that point or the closer you, you begin your turn at that point, the, the, the more space you're going to have to, to drive into the first wake. So, so you've, you've, you've got a tight rope and you, you know, you've developed this, this kind of speed awareness of, of at what point you've slowed down to match the boat speed. Now, uh, t- take us, take us home on this, Rossi. What's, right. uh, what's your move to, to get going on this? You know, we're, we're going to have the longest episode and it's, and it's, uh, it, it's appropriate that is for the gates. But so at this point right here, when we're swinging up to that all the way up to our highest point and we're about to match the boat speed, the one thing I want to say is I should be able to cut that rope and you should be able to ski. You should be balanced over your ski at that point. So I just want to make sure that people understand that we're up over the top of our ski. We're back to that athletic place. We're slightly on that outside edge. And now we're seeing the boat. We're seeing that moment where the boat's about, the rope's about to come, you know, us and the boat are about to, my speed's my speed relative to the boat is slowing. We're about to match. I'm going to think about the same thing I did before I pulled out for the gates. I'm going to make yeah. sure that I take a deep breath and stand up to my tippy toes. And then that just before we we match, I mean, I'm talking milliseconds before we match. At that point, I'm going to release the any energy that I still have been riding on that arc. I'm going to, re- I'm going to stand up tall. I'm going to release that energy. I'm going to release the handle towards the boat. Because if I don't, then I'm going to, then I have no place to move. So I need to create this ability to move and drop into, drop into this turn in. So I'm going to stand tall. I'm going to release that handle towards the boat. Basically, if you're, if you got your eyes closed, you're just listening. It's going to be a, an actual two-handed reach and release of the handle towards the pylon. Um, And then I am going to fall in the one o'clock, one thirty kind of position on a clock. So fall towards the pylon is basically, you know, that, that kind of deal or fall into maybe even forward of the pylon front of the boat, fall into that turn. I'm leaving my most important for me and my style is that I need to think about leaving my ski where it is. Do not put my ski in a place that that. I want it to be. It cannot, if I, if I force my ski to get out in front of me, how did I get my ski out in front of me? I got my ski out in front of me by moving my body backwards. If I move my body backwards, yeah. now I'm caught by the boat. I didn't actually move. Now, if you took a picture of me, it looks great. 
there's a picture, there's a point where it looks great, but I'm not in rhythm with the bow. And now I'm going to be on like, basically in my mind, it's the equivalent of a reverse weave from a driving standpoint. They just, you're on the wrong rhythm. So anyway, I'm yeah. out there wide. I stand tall. I get up on my tippy toe. I release that two handed reach to the boat. You know, basically it's like, I'm letting go of the handle. I'm like, everything is like, ah, and, and my hands are open. I'm not gripping. And I am like, I am, I'm stepping, I'm moving in the forward direction, whether that if you're a lefty, it's really easier for me to, to talk about. That's just stepping onto your front foot, falling over your big toe, whatever you, your front big toe. And that as a righty, it's a more, you're more naturally lined up. So what I'm thinking about doing is just letting my upper body and my body timber towards the, towards that one, one thirty position and, uh, falling falling into that position i am not doing anything with my ski another way to say it is light feet um you know whatever it is it is a unforced forward perfect forward unforced component. that's yeah. such a good way to say it and two of those things like and and, and that's kind of you know it, it's a way that i hadn't heard you say it in the past but when you when you talk about leave your ski on the line it's on and just simply move your body because that's again you're trying to <clears throat> you're not trying to push your ski through a turn. You're trying to move your body where you want the ski to go and, and letting the ski follow. Um, so I, Rossi, I, I run through the same thing. Like, um, you know, as I'm, as I, as I can sense, well, I don't want to say it that arbitrarily as I can see that that stall is about to occur. Cause stall meaning the moment I've slowed down to match the boat speed for that just fraction of a second that we're going the exact same speed. Um, I'm seeing it out of the, out of you know, out of my peripherals, out of the, out of the corner of my right eye, I'm seeing that that rope is, is inching up on the boat, but it's about to no longer be inching up. So, you know, I'm about to match the boat speed and I'm doing the same thing. I'm going to move into a little two-handed reach. I'm going to rise up like that big breath in, like you talked about. It's the exact same move you already made on the gate pullout. So you're already familiar with it. And then I'm going to do two things. One, I'm going to make sure that my structural alignment stays perfect, meaning, you know, straight spine, you know, high chest. And then the next thing for me, once that ski starts to pull through is, is I'm going to make sure that I don't push into my heels because pushing into my heels is going to get my ski out ahead of me. And, and I, I don't want that to happen until I get to the wakes. That's, that's a, that's a wild way for me to think of it is thinking of heels and advancing my ski early and and where i'm advancing it but it is exactly what 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 the listeners need to be envisioning so no i mean it is all about falling in the direction of travel letting your center of mass lead the ski which also pressures the front of the ski to cause it to turn in and under the rope which relieves pressure off the tail of the ski and allows that to slide into your angled spot that is athletic speed and energy creation and we are just going to fall and try to time that fall so that we ski into that handle into that lean and then into our you know balanced uh stance stack whatever it is that you want to think about and continue that lean basically i'm just and my my the pressure on my feet is staying relatively light. I'm staying athletic. My shoulders are still facing the pylon and I am just timbering in a way that my, for me in the course, my max timber, I think of my max timber at the first wake is my lowest part of my timber. And then I'm going to start to 
grab onto that energy, tighten, tighten my core, tighten my, you know, my trailing arm, my back arm lat, you know, trying to basically just create energy. And then I'm going to hold onto that energy while the boat pulls me up as I pass through center and up as I go over the second wake and up as I land after the wakes. I'm trying to hold on to that energy all the way through there. How did that, did that, did that kind of paint a picture for you? Do you have a different picture? What are you, no. what are you trying to create there? What, I mean, do you have a lot of I pressure again, on your feet there? Like what? No, absolutely not. Like, and again, like once I get in motion, my idea is I want to stay in motion all the way to the first wake. Mm. Because if I stop moving forward, my ski is going to come underneath me too early. And then again, I, I, I don't want that happening until the first wake. Okay. Okay. And then just to finish off, since this is a gate sequence, when you come into that first wake, is there any keys that you're doing differently than my keys? Or what is your thought process? Once you've, if you, if is that, is the first wake your furthest timber? And if it is, or do you think of it that way in that zone? Or are you thinking something different? And what are you doing through that next phase until you land after the wake? So again, like as that ski starts to come through the turn, and again, because I I didn't let the boat get ahead of me before I turned in, I'm going to have alignment before the pressure starts building, meaning, meaning my hips are going to be back behind the rope. And because I've stayed that couple steps ahead of the process, meaning, you know, I I didn't let the boat load me before I was done the turn, I'm going to keep driving forward only. So with perfect upper body structure with perfect stack. I'm going to drive forward and forward. And then the, the hardest drive or the most significant forward drive is going to be into the bottom of the first wake. And then I'm going to simply stop driving and then my ski is going to come through. Yep. Can you, so I'm listening to you, but in my mind, I'm trying to understand forward. Can you describe forward to me, to our listeners, probably more so um exactly what i mean if you're gonna see a if you're gonna see a a, hold on hold on like so i have this idea of like your upper body going forward but are you kinking at the waist and like what you know what i'm saying like no people you know people are thinking forward oh do i need to like bend my arms and lean forward you know like so what is that so if you're gonna see that yeah so if you saw a picture of it the lean angle would be going it wouldn't be coming straight up over top of my ankles, it would actually be leaning my whole body with that structural alignment in, intact, it would be leaning over the tip of the ski. So you towards so the tip if you're standing straight up and down, your pencil would actually be slightly forward. Yes. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So that would be, I guess if you were to kink from your ankle, that would mean that your whole body is in front of vertical. Your entire yes. body. So that more of your weight is pressuring the front of the ski than the back of the ski. Okay. I just want to make yes, sure that our 100%. listeners really could, could understand and conceptualize that because I think you can, and it you can be what? interpreted like, in a lot of different ways. For sure. And, and, and as long as you feel it being expressed as weight on the balls of your feet, that tells you where you, that tells you where your mass is. Okay. Now, so True. if you are forward going through center line, then the cause, the, the resulting thing that's going to happen if you're forward of that is as you start to come up out of that timber, your body is actually going to be pulled up and over the top of your ski. Now, if you do the reverse and you come through and you drive your ski forward and your body is behind the ski, 
then you're falling out the back as your edge changing. And then as you land off the second wake, you're actually going to feel like you're holding on for dear life because if not, you would absolutely explode. And I think what Trent's saying is, is the more natural we can get to where it almost be like what a snow skier looks like as they come into their pre-turn, they're actually landing over the top of their ski and in an athletically balanced position is what we're, is the end result that we're trying to get. And we can talk about this in a lot of different ways. You know, I say a lot of times I like to drive my, in the past, I've liked to drive, use my back arm and drive my feet out in front of me thinking I'm casting my ski out. But what I really did was took myself completely out of balance and then I cannot follow the handle path. So then I end up having to pull myself up with my arms and go straight at the buoy. And then I have slack at the finish. 